So we're talking about, we finished Romans 13. We're going to Romans 14. In New Living Translation, it's called, it says, the subtitle is uh, The Danger of Criticism. Danger of Criticism. I read, I'll try and read the whole thing. It says, accept other believers who are weak in faith. And don't urge, don't argue with them about what they they think is right or wrong. <clears throat> so instead, one person believes it is it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. Those who feel who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who, who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do. For God has accepted them. Mm-hmm. Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fail. And with <clears throat> the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. Mm-hmm. It says, in the same way, some, some think one day is, is more holy than another day. While others Dad, think Dad. every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor Him, and those and those who and those who sorry and those who eat any kind of food do so to honor the Lord, since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse to eat certain food also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. We, if, if we live, it's to honor the Lord. If we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be Lord both of the living and of the dead. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For the scriptures say, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. Say yes, each, each of us will give personal account to God. So let's stop condemning each other. <clears throat> decide, decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble or fall and fall. He says, I know I am convinced on the authority of the Lord Jesus that no food in or itself is wrong or eat or is wrong to eat. But if someone believes it is wrong, then for that person, it is wrong. And if another believer is distressed by what you eat, you are not acting in love if you eat it. So don't, don't let your eating rule someone for whom Christ died. Then you will not be criticized for doing something you believe is, is good. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but a live but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
if you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God and others will approve of you too. So then, let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat. Remember, all foods are acceptable, but it's wrong to eat something if it makes another person stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else if it might cause another believer to stumble. You may believe there is nothing wrong with what you are doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Blessed are those who who don't feel guilty for doing something they have decided is wrong. But if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it. For you are not following your convictions if you do anything you believe is not right. You are sinning. So this is what I just read. In five minutes, I just read this scripture. And we're going to really talk about this. This, this scripture is very, very, um, very important. And we're going to talk about it. You know, God created us as individuals. You know, individuals with different mindsets, thoughts, be- behaviors, you know, attitudes, and so on. It says, you are different and also a my masterpiece creation of by the creator. You know, Mike Michael mm-hmm. what? I just know I just finished reading Romans fourteen. We finished thirteen. So we're we're God's masterpiece. You know, uh you know, I was just saying uh, Michael D'Angelo um um, what is that? I don't remember the guy's name. Michelangelo. Michelangelo. I just thought about it before you. Michael, Michelangelo, he has this um, masterpiece, you know, drawing or painting, I would say, in, in Rome. And he says, such a masterpiece. You know, no one can duplicate that. It was it's so, people come all over the world to come and see that um, uh, is in some cathedral. People come all over the world to come and see it. So, you know, your God's masterpiece. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we do not, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So God has created, he created us. You know, we, 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 you cannot find a clone of you, you know, or a look-alike anywhere in the world. You know, we are, we are one of, one of a kind. <clears throat> See, people might, might look identical to us, but we are completely different. <clears throat> you look at like a, look at twins, a special design, exactly. You look, you look at identical twin brothers or sisters. But they could be identical physically, but what happens is that they're different because their palm is different. Everything about them is different. Their likes different. So, you know, 
we might we might like something we might like something and somebody will what hate the other you know he says one man's trash is another man's uh, treasure there's a you know another one says one man's meat <clears throat> is another man's poison you know so there are some things that you might like other people won't like you know people might might try to get rid of something that they think is a uh, valueless and it's completely worthless now somebody will come and do what take it and turn it to something that is that is worthwhile my son will say you turn it into gold you know um i remember you know you give an example like all these muscle cars these old muscle cars you know, people were throwing away their 1963 Corvette and all the 19, 1959 uh, Chevrolet and all that. And, you know, I said, I Googled, I Googled uh, a 1963 Corvette. I said, what's the going price of a 1963 Corvette? And a 1963 Corvette goes for $275,000. And, it's, it's, you know, so can you imagine somebody district discarded the car, somebody now picked it up and spent some money and restored it to original form and is able to sell it for $275,000. So we, we are, we are, God has created us as a masterpiece. We are God's creation. He thought, he, he really thought about, okay, how do I shape this person? So one person is different from the other. You see, we, we enjoy, you know, the, what this teaching, you were, we were talking about food and food and food. But, you know, I want us to, you know, the Lord wants to expand it and, you know, expand the, the our thoughts. He said, one person, we can, we, some people might enjoy some food and other people will hate the same food. Like, for instance, I, I, I can't stand boiled egg. Boiled egg, Man, it makes me so nauseous. You know, if you if anybody is eating boiled egg, the smell is alone <laughs> makes me want to puke. What are you laughing about? So when my wife is eating the boiled egg, for instance, and she knows that I'm very sensitive to this whole boiled egg, she'll ask, "Should I eat this thing last?" I said, "No, oh, it's okay. I will quickly." Eat my food very, very quickly so that I don't smell the food and, and I take off. You know, so stop, David. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Silly. He says some people, some people can eat, some people can eat everything in sight. Some people are like seafood. <laughs> I see food, and they eat anything in sight. Others. Like me would sometimes, you know, I used to be like that before. Whereby I can eat anything inside. But growing up, you know, growing a little older, you just start to be sensitive. You can't be eating everything. You have to watch yourself. But you see, the thing I was, what, what, what I'm trying to say is this. You know, for my wife to say, for my wife to say, hey, I know you don't like this. I know you don't like this. Let me, do you want me to eat it last? There's a trigger of what? Is it is an act of love whereby you accommodate people's 
idiosyncrasies or you can you accommodate e people's people in general. You can't say, you know, because you don't eat meat, I you know, I don't you can't hang with me or something like that. You know, I remember at the time uh, you know when I when I uh, I said I was gonna be I was gonna be a a vegan hybrid. People people then ask me a question at work. Is it is it only is is it only you that eats that doesn't eat meat, or is it everybody in the house? I say ah, I'm not gonna be. Nobody told. It's only me that is not uh, eating meat. Everybody else eats meat. I say I have younger a, a younger boy in the house. He has to eat meat, you know. So I can't because of my my belief system. What I I have to lord it over everybody and say. I'm the king, so you must eat. No, you shouldn't, you shouldn't eat meat. No, it's not like that. It cannot be like that. So the thing about it is, we have to we have to trigger the love of God in our heart. We have to trigger the love of God to be able to accommodate people. To be able to accommodate people, you know, First uh, uh, Corinthians thirteen five says, in the Passion. First Corinthians thirteen five, it says. Love does not tra- traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. So, love is what. Look, I read it again. This is when I read it. Say, love does not traffic in shame. And disrespect. It doesn't go around looking to shame people. Love doesn't go around looking to disrespect people. Nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. We need to have the... You can't be all of a sudden... Eh. That's what we always do all the time. He says, we are all prone to make mistakes. We are prone to make mistakes all the time. The key is that you, you is that you know, you know that you are not perfect. And because you know that we are, we are not, not you are. Because you know that we are all not perfect. What happens? We tend to, we, what do we do? We have to, we have to stop looking down on people. Because what happens, we tend to look down at, at people on people that do not measure up to our... In our mind. In, in our mind, we think they don't measure up. Oh, we, you know what? They don't measure up. So. Sometimes we do... Some, amazingly, sometimes we do this knowingly or unknowingly. It's like now a part and parcel of us. We need to come to some understanding that we all have issues. We all come with baggages. So we need to be accommodating instead of judging or criticizing. Matthew 7, 1 to 6. 
says, do not, do not judge others or you will be judged. So you want God to judge, then keep judging people. For you will be, you be, you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use to judge in, in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own eyes? He says, how can you think of saying to a friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eyes? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eyes. Then you you see you see well enough to what to deal with the speck in your friend's eyes. Don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. They will trample. They will trample. They will trample their pearls, then turn and attack you. Basically, what the Bible is saying, all of us have issues. <laughs> we are not perfect. We are not perfect. God didn't create us perfect. He's, he, the only one that is perfect is Him. Some people say, hey, but you have a log. But I don't have, it's only a speck I have. Oh yeah, you still have something. I always tell somebody, I say, you know, in a, in, in a marriage, when they start to fight, hey, but it's all his fault. No, no, no. Maybe he might have 90% and you have 10%. And sometimes when you guys fight, you might, he might have the 10%, you have the 90%. It's, it's not all on one person. It takes two to tango. So the thing is, when we are accommodating, that's what God is, wants us to understand. We are not perfect. We have vices. We have, we have issues. We have secret causes that we don't want anybody to know about. I, I remember one time. I, I keep. There was one time I, the Lord opened my eyes to that. He says, "You know, somebody was somebody was criticizing. One man was criticizing um, the past, the one pastor, and in my Sunday school class, and he was saying he doesn't. He does. The man doesn't. I, I haven't seen a ring on his hand. Eh? He, he doesn't wear. He doesn't wear his ring. His wedding ring. Eh? I don't see the wedding ring in his hand. Eh? Is he really married?" And meanwhile, his wife is over there. I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking. <laughs> oh my goodness. And the Lord said, I, I didn't say anything to the man. Then I said, I said, you know, the thing about it is. Then later, I, I, my, my spirit was vexed. And I said to the guy, I said, you know, you act as if you're, the hol you're holier than thou. I said, let me tell you something. If the Lord opened. You know the big screen TV behind me right there? Because in church we had this big screen TV. I see, you see the big screen TV right there? If the Lord said, I'm going to do a, 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 a schedule that from Pastor Chuka all the way to the, everybody in this class, everybody in this adult class, I'm going to do a, a schedule 
of all your sins. Every Sunday and every Thursday, every time you meet, your sins will be will be playing like a what they call it, like a uh, what they call it, like a banner. You know, in CNN you see all the what do they call that? This, or you know the the ticker tape. Yeah, whereby Pastor Manuel will, yeah, the Pastor Manuel will be preaching and you'll be seeing the small, small ticker tape going around. Look at what you did. You you told a lie yesterday. This, my my beloved sister Grace, she says, I will not come on my own schedule. <laughs> I will not come. I will not come to church on my own schedule. And I said, I said, Sister Grace, I said, supposing you don't know the schedule. Huh? I won't come to church at all. For that whole month that they're running that thing, I won't come to church. I say, exactly. So if you can't come to church on that day, and now you're so eager to criticize somebody, I say, if you don't have any sins in your closet, instead of having mercy and grace, Instead of knowing that you yourself, you yourself have issues, you yourself have problems, you yourself are not able. Look at Galatians 6 1. Let's move fast. Galatians 6 1. I don't think I could finish, but it's okay. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome with sin, you, you who are godly should gently and humbly do what? Gently and humbly do what? Help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to what? Fall into the same temptation yourself. It's amazing because we are so quick to tell people, eh, if you were me, I won't lie. <laughs> you just, you like a lot. If it were me, I won't lie. You'll be caught in a situation, if you're not careful, you'll be caught in a situation whereby you will lie. Grandma, it's not only Pharisees, though. I'm just saying, because we are so quick to condemn somebody in what they're doing wrong, that the Lord is saying, be careful. Instead of you to bring the person back up gently, you are running your mouth and gossiping about the person. That's only the Pharisees, like the, the Pharisees and the publicans. Mm-hmm. And fast. Not like that man. Don't fast. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Like, I pay my tithe. Yeah. And I do good. But no, but that's not what I'm what I'm saying, Grandma. What I'm saying, I understand what you're saying, but that's not what I'm where I'm going. I'm saying that somebody falls, somebody falls into sin, does something that is not appropriate. You know, maybe he goes and steals. Yeah, or he, he lies, and he come instead of instead of, and the person comes to you and says, you know. Or you know about it, or you get a wing of it. You know, you know about it. Instead of you to go and console the person, 
or telling you know God you know God there's ways of consoling people but what you, you go and do is to criticize that person I thought you were a Christian hey now I know that you're not a Christian hey what say hey you're, you're like this or you then go and tell everybody do you know what this person did he stole oh my goodness he's a real thief But the Bible says our job is to do what? To lift them up. Our job is to, to do what? He says love covers a multitudes, multitudes of what sin. Our job is to lift them up. Our job is not to, to, to push them when they are down. Somebody is down already. He's down. Why are you trying to kick him when he's down? How much, how much, how much can he survive if you keep kicking him when he's down? But the Lord, is, the Lord is saying, the man is down, he tried to lift him up. If you decide to kick him when he's down, one day, if you're not careful, you'll fall into the same trap. You fall into the same trap, and what happens? You get kicked. You get kicked again. You know, so... It's something that, because I, 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 I remember this, the story of Joseph. Remember Joseph? Joseph was, you know, he was talking. He didn't know any better. He was young. He was talking and running his mouth. And, you know, his brothers did what? They now put him in the, in the pit. They threw him to the pit, then sold him, and said, let, him, let me now see how is he going to do. The, we are going to now bow down to him. And now when Joseph now went to become second in command, they were like, why is this man acting this way? Now they found out that, that what? He was, he was the king. And they're like, oh wow, this man is now going to kill me because of what I did. The point is that most times we don't know where we're going to find ourselves tomorrow. We have no understanding where we're going to find ourselves tomorrow. So what do we do? We be careful in trying to bring somebody up. And moreover, as you're sowing a seed, the Bible says you reap. You sow a seed of what? Of lifting somebody up. You never know one day. Hey, one day you'll be in that pit too. And you'll be looking for somebody to do what? To support you to lift you up to. And that's that's the that's the basic truth. You know, Proverbs 24 16 says, says that the righteous man may fall seven times and he will get up. How does he get up? There are ways God will send somebody to, to make this person get up. God will send the word. The man might read the word. There's a lot of ways. We need to know, we need to know, we need to know that we have issues and vices and God has mercy on us all the time. So we need to be also do what? Have mercy on people all the time. Think, think uh, uh, there was, there was, there was, let's look at this parable of the uh, unmerciful servant in, you know, 
Matthew 18:21. It says, "Then Peter came to the, to Jesus and asked the Lord, "How many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me?" Since up to seven, up to seven times, <clears throat> Jesus says, "Not at all. It is seventy times what seven." It says therefore. Do you know what 70 times 7? That's 490 times. Can you imagine that? He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began to set the settlement, a man who owed 10,000 bags of gold can you imagine this? 10,000 bags. Just hold that number in your head for a second. And was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children all be sold to repay the debt. <clears throat> at, this, at, this, at this, the servant fell on his knees before him. He says, be patient with me, he begged. And I will pay, pay back everything. The servant's master took pity. On him, cancel the debt and let him go. And when that when that servant went out, he found his fellow servant who owed him what? A hundred silver coins. Silver. Gold. <coughs> he he grabbed him and be, began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me. He demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him. He says, be, be patient with me. I'll pay back. But he refused. Instead, he, he went off and had the man thrown into what? Prison. And he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they, they were outraged and went and told their master everything he had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. <clears throat> Sorry. I cancelled all your debt for... I cancelled all, your, all, all the, the debt of yours because you begged me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servants just as I had, had mercy on you? <clears throat> In anger, he handed him over to the jailer to be tortured until he'll pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother and sister from your heart. If God can forgive you, it's like a, a, a typical example is somebody now comes to your door and knocks on your door and says, you know, I how much is your mortgage? You say 300, 400, 500,000. And writes you a check and says, go and pay it off. Pay off your mortgage. There's somebody that owes you $5. You call the person and start to harass the person. When are you going to give me this money? Eh? God forgave your sins. He forgave your sins. He, your, your sins could have landed you in jail. He forgave them. Now somebody just does you small thing. 
small thing that is wrong. Somebody does something that, okay, upsets you. But you cannot forgive that person. You're holding the person ransom. And God says, don't, don't you remember I forgave your, your big sins? I even brought you to my kingdom. I even allowed you to enter my kingdom. You can't forgive that person, but you, you, you're holding this other person hostage. Why? And the Lord said, no, 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 no. The key is that we need to do what? Forgive. We need to forgive our brothers and sisters. People who do us wrong. I know we're talking about this uh, yesterday. We're talking about, and um, I was telling you how, you know, in the Indian culture, <clears throat> the, 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 the man's father and mother will live in the same house. The woman's father and mother will live in the same house. The, the, with the children. And maybe they have in total, you think in your mind, in your mind you'll be thinking, at least they should have maybe at least six bedrooms. Some of them have only maybe three bedrooms. Mm-hmm. The one bedroom will be the in-laws. One, the father's in the father the father's parents will be one bedroom. The other one will be the mother's the mother's parents will be another bedroom. Then the the the, the parents, the parents, and their children will be in another bedroom. But they will live what? In peace. In the same house for years and years and years and years until they until some of them pass away and they're still living there. I it's for me it's incredible. Because in your mind they have settled the whole aspect of in-law. That whole in-law brings a connotation of stay where you are and I stay where I am. It brings that connotation. This is my mother-in-law. This is my father-in-law. He removes the, the they remove the whole connotation of in-law because we eat in the same house. We are in the same place. I, I call I call the Egyptian. You know the Egyptians do the same thing. I call this Egyptian Egyptian. I was helping this Egyptian girl and. Her, her her father, her husband's father lives there, the same house. Her um, wife's father lives in the same house. Because how, how do I know this? She was having problems with her computer. I was uh, it's not my job, but I was just trying to be nice to, with her, and I was helping her. And I was I was helping her. You know, she had a video, video FaceTime. So we're doing video FaceTime. I was looking at the the, the screen. And she had, she quickly flashed her, her, her dad. I said, oh, is that your dad? He said, yeah, my dad's pa, 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 papa. papa." And she was talking to Papa. I was like, hey, Papa. You know, and we were just talking about Papa. You know, he said, oh, that's my, that's my, my father that lives over here. My mom, my mom just left. You know, she went to grocery shopping. Yeah, and also my, 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 my father, my, my father-in-law lives here too. So we're all one big happy family. Can you imagine? My point is, can you imagine that aspect whereby they've gone through, they've passed through the barrier? 
They've passed through, they've knocked out that whole in-law barrier. They've knocked it out. They don't think about it. They don't worry about it. They, it doesn't come to their mind. We are one big happy family. Because in their mind, what are they thinking? They're thinking, this is for my, my, I want to make sure they are happy. That's why you see that you don't see too many, sorry, I'm not trying to be stereotypical, but you don't see too many Indian kids in uh, daycare because their, their parents are taking care of them, spoiling them because they, all of them are in the house there. They're in there taking care of the child. Where the child wants to go, they'll drive, go. Because what, did, what they're trying to do, they want love and peace in the family. They don't want the families to spend too much money. They want to make sure that the, parent, the kids are happy. And that's why when you said the divorce rate is so low in India, that's right. That's why. Because everybody wants what? These people to succeed. They want peace. They want peace. We are to show mercy regardless of whatever, whoever we are. We are to show mercy. And you who think you are perfect are to love the person who you might think is less fortunate. That's the key. That's the key in the whole aspect of God's the reason why God, Jesus came. All perfect God came down and came down to our level and showed us mercy. He says, I've shown you mercy, so what do you do? You need to show others mercy. If you think something is offending somebody, then don't do it. Can you imagine if, you know, my, my wife is eating the egg and she doesn't ask me and I'm eating, she's eating the egg and I puke, puke. What would that be? You know, it's like, how would the love be? So the, the key, I'm, 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 what I'm trying to say is that God is saying that we need to do what? Be merciful. I'm not even done. I got to stop right here because there's a lot of things and I'm just in page 7 when we have all the way to page 12 you know the, the Lord is saying we need to what? show mercy and love and grace to others it might seem difficult it might seem like you know what why, can, why should I how should I do that but that's what we are called to do no matter how high and you know mighty you are we need to do what? You need to come down to other people's level and just show them mercy and love and grace. Because it's when you do that, you you draw people to you. People are drawn to love. People are drawn to love. Because you know, if you start to love somebody here, the person is drawn to you. The person wants, you say, wow. For this person to love me, there's something 
This is amazing. So my prayer is that we will, we will learn to, no matter where we're from, ethnicity, or behavior, or attitude, or, or the way God has fashioned us, God has instilled in us love. And the key is that we need to do what? Love one another. We need to activate the love. And we need to show it. Love is action. We need to show it onto people. It's not the time to gossip. It's not the time to talk about. It's not the time to, to, to judge people. But this is the time to lift people up. Because when you lift them up, they will be able to do more. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just give you glory. We pray that, Lord God Almighty, you open our eyes and you teach us to love people, not to judge, not to criticize. You know, like what what um, what Grandma said, you know, not to be like a Pharisee that say, I'm better than this person. I'm not like, I'm not like, I'm not like the publican. I fast so many, he doesn't fast. It's, it's not in my caliber. It's not like, are you, don't you know who I am? You know, it's, we, we, are, we are the same in the eyes of God. We are, we, we are fashioned the same. Yes, we are a masterpiece, but God created us the same way. God sees us the same. We are in the same playing field. He doesn't see us one person higher than the other. He doesn't, there's no, because if, if he does see one person higher than the other, then the, the scripture that says God, not, God does not play favorites, then it means that, it means he really plays favorites. Then it means that that scripture is a lie. But we know the word is the word of God is not a lie. So if he says, I do not play favorites, it means that all of us are on the same playing field. No one is higher than the other. So we need to be merciful. We need to be kind. We need to love people. We need to look at what 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to um, 7, 7 to 4, sorry, 4 to 7 says, that love is kind, love is kind, Love is polite. Love is not selfish. Love does not keep a record of wrong. They don't know what you did to me. We keep a bank of all the wrongs that people have done to us. Help us to be able to when people fall, people fall, people always fall. The Bible says a man falls seven times and he rise up. It means that he will fall. There will be a time that somebody will go down. There's rivers and peaks and, and valleys. Situations happen. But you know, you're saying that you want us to lift them up. So help us to be able to lift our brothers and sisters up. Because that's what we're called to do. We're not called to kick them when they're down. We're not called to step on them. We're not called to, to say, ah, we're not called to be like the like the priests. You know when this when 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 the Jew the Jew the Jew was 
was was knocked down you know the, like the story of the good samaritan you know the, the good samaritan is not not good samaritan the samaritan i'll call it the samaritan had went and helped the the man that was knocked down by thieves you know lord we don't want to be like the 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 priests you know that walked by and said man it's not my business you know, you want us to be able to help people because that's what we've been called to do. We're supposed to live like Jesus lived on earth. We're supposed to please the Lord. That's the, that's the key. The key is for us to please the Lord. The key is for us to walk in the Holy Spirit because when we walk in the Holy Spirit, that's the key. It says those who, who live by the Spirit are children of God. They're asking us to live by the Spirit. So Holy Spirit, we, we, we implore you into our hearts. We, you're, in, you're living in us already, but we're, 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 in a, we're activating that you, you come and really help us navigate this life and help us to listen to you and help us to act on your word in the name of Jesus. Father Lord, we just give you glory. Thank you. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's say the grace and fellowship.